Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Hey guys, do you know that I have a hotline? Seriously, like an old school answering machine vibe where you can call in and ask a question about literally anything. Seriously, people call in from all over the world and ask all kinds of things and I hope you will join the fun. Just call 737-400-4626. You can leave your name or leave an anonymous message, but be a part of an upcoming episode of Ask Rach and let's talk about what's going on in your world. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to the show and a conversation today about how you get there faster. Okay, like let's just straight up, that's what we're going for. That is the intention behind today's episode. And this particular conversation came because during my summer tour, at the end of every show, I do a live Q&A with the audience. And I was noticing that a lot of the conversations or a lot of the questions ended up kind of having the same answer or at least the same answer from my perspective. And I wanted to talk about that today. In fact, I'm gonna share one of those conversations within this podcast so you can actually hear how this manifests in real life. But essentially, I've had so many women ask me questions this summer, and they're all over the place. Some are about career, some are about body image, relationships, like mental mindset, like all of that stuff. And what I'm hyper aware of is that y'all are making this way harder than it needs to be. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This 
is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I 100% make things way harder on myself than it needs to be, which is the power of talking about your stuff with other people. That is the beauty of doing a Q&A or talking to a girlfriend or even better talking to a mentor or a therapist and just getting some space, getting a little perspective between where you are and where you're trying to go. And I had this happen once. You're actually going to hear the very first time that this happened. And then it was like the universe was just stacking one person after another where they were asking about different things. And I would sort of coach them to envision their future. If you have come to a conference with me before or maybe even just heard me you know, give a keynote before or listen to the show or read a book of mine, you have probably heard me mention this again and again and again. This idea that you have to have a vision for your life. You have to know where it is you want to go and what it is that you want to do. You know, if you want to get biblical, there's a scripture that says, without vision, the people perish. And that is true today. That is true all over the world. If you don't know what you're aiming at, there's a good chance you're going to hit something random. What was it? It's in Hamilton. If you stand for nothing, you're, you'll fall for anything. It's like that line in Hamilton. I know it's actually a quote, but it's a fabulous line in Hamilton where he says, if you stand for nothing, Burr, what will you fall for? And I think it's true. I think it's the very same when it comes to our lives and our goals and who we want to be. There are too many people in this world who are just sort of floating along with the tide. They don't understand that they are meant to be the captain of their own ship. And so when I kept getting these questions where I would guide the woman I was speaking with to envision her future, okay, what's your dream life a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now? If you guys have the Start Today journal, then you know that whole concept of like 10, 10, 1. Well, So with this very first woman, I'm like, okay, if you lived every day for the next year as the very best version of yourself, what would she look like? And I have her describe it. And I won't give it all away to you, but essentially she paints a vision for me. She does it literally the next night in Toronto. Someone did it. And in subsequent cities all around North America, people have some version of this, if I lived the very best life I could live for the next 365 days, a year from now, it would be this. And y'all, they describe these visions to me as like the end all be all, the hardest thing they can possibly imagine. They're describing something for me and I can tell from their energy and their body language that what they are saying is terrifying to them. And I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, This is literally the easiest thing in the entire world. What your vision is, is so much easier than you realize. But your fear has made this vision totally insurmountable. Your fear has built a wall so massive that you think this idea will take you a year. And it will actually take you an hour? Legit legitimately. Okay, let me give you an example of this. So I'm going to play this audio for you because I just thought it was so beautiful. And it's about body image, which so many of us struggle with on the daily. But the next night in Toronto, 
I call on a woman. And here's the thing about my Q&A. It's not a thing where you like raise your hand and then I pick someone or I'm like, does anyone have a question? That's not how I do it. I trust that the universe will guide me to whoever I'm supposed to speak with that night. I trust that whoever is going to share a story that's going to be the most helpful to the most people in that room, that's who I'm just going to naturally gravitate to. And so if you've been in the room on tour, you've seen me do this where I'll just sort of reference someone that's kind of caught my eye or I feel called to. And I'll say like, you know, will you talk to me? And the person's usually like pees their pants and then they're like, yeah, I'll talk to you. Because I think that that person also recognizes that like, Something groovy is going to come out of what we're talking about right now. So in Toronto, I call on this woman who tells me that she's a teacher. And I wish I could play this audio for you, but I didn't have an audio recording of Toronto, which is why I'm describing it. So she tells me that she's a teacher. She's been a teacher for a very long time. Shout out to our teachers. I know you guys are getting ready to go back to school. I hope summer was awesome. I hope you took 1,000 naps and had the best time and I am praying for your energy and that you have your cup filled up and that you have all the support you need as you go into one of the hardest and most thankless jobs on the planet. But uh, she tells me she's been a teacher for a very long time and that one of her dreams is to write a book. I'm like, that's fantastic. You know I love this. I'm an author. So I'm thinking maybe I'm going to coach her right now on the tactics of writing a book. Which, by the way, I do have a podcast on that. I don't know the number off the top of my head. It's from like 2020 or 2021 if you wanted to scroll back. If you are someone who wants to write a book, there is a like my top 10 best pieces of tactical advice. So in this moment in Toronto, I think I'm about to have that kind of conversation with her. And so we start talking about writing and I said, okay, well, what kind of book do you want to write? She's like, well, I think about writing for parents to help them better communicate with their students or then I really am passionate about, I think she taught middle school or high school. I'm really passionate about, you know, kids that age and I want to speak to them. And I was like, okay, gut instinct, which one do you want to write? And she said, I want to write to the kids. I want to be able to talk to like preteen, teenagers, so that they believe in themselves and they love themselves and all of that stuff. I'm like, fantastic, that sounds amazing. And what often happens in these moments of coaching someone is that they start to allow their fear to bubble up and word vomit out of their mouth. They start to come up with reasons why they haven't done it so far, why it's probably not gonna work for them, why they're not capable. It doesn't really matter what the person's talking about they are prepared to present their case for why this hasn't happened and probably won't happen. Which, by the way, is a fantastic conversation to have with me because I feel like one of the things I'm really good at is lovingly kicking your butt and lovingly holding a mirror up to the excuses. And in this moment, I kind of kept stopping her like, nope, let's just stay, just stay with me. Okay, so you want to write this book, you want to... Uh, you want to be able to talk to teenagers and she starts to kind of go off a little bit on um, all of the things that are getting in the way and then just to bring her back around and I'll do this a lot I know some of you are coaches or maybe you're leaders in business or maybe you're mamas and you want to steal this advice but when someone starts to spin a little bit 
when someone starts to allow the fear to take over, what I really want to do is to bring them back to the why. I want to bring them back to why they're passionate about this in the first place. Because passion will take you further than motivation ever will. Motivation fades. But if you're passionate about something, if you have a why that's really strong. So for instance, I grew up in an environment where there was really severe scarcity around finances and around food and feeling like we never had enough and watching my parents scream at each other over that. There was a lot of fear around financial stuff. If you are listening to this and that was also what was going on in the home you were raised in, can I get an amen? That kind of fear permeated in a lot of different ways. There was fear of watching adults be afraid of it, watching adults fight over it. There was fear of literally like my parents worked so freaking hard and they worked late and they, you know, sometimes it was more than one job trying to make those ends meet. But I can't tell you the amount of times my brother and I, who was three years older than me, being in elementary school, like I can't tell you how many times I went to the refrigerator and there was nothing to eat. And there's nothing to eat because, you know, like we can't afford groceries till payday. And so you'd be like trying to figure things out and you get down to like beans, rice, things like that, which are awesome unless you're seven and there are no adults in the house and you don't know how to make pinto beans. So there's a lot of childhood fear and tension that I feel around this idea of not having food, not having money. And then let's just swirl in, let's swirl in a little shame. Anyone else go to school and you were wearing hand-me-downs, you were wearing stuff from the Goodwill, you never could afford things. A lot of times my friend's parents would, you know, they'd cover the cost of like the Girl Scout trip or they'd cover different things because our family couldn't afford it. And I'm so grateful to those parents. But at the same time, it makes you feel ashamed. You're a little kid and I feel like in every school, no matter where, where you go, there's always like girls who had cute outfits and girls who were wearing like Guess and Jordash and stuff that our family could never afford. And I just, oh my gosh, like there was all of these emotions around it for me as a little girl. And look, I'm here. I'm fine. My parents did the best they could with what they had. And I wouldn't change anything about those circumstances because they are what made me who I am. But let me tell you this, the passion that I have around my kids never experiencing that kind of fear, the passion that I feel about that is, I mean, it can charge the sun. That is the thing that will keep me going if I'm tired. That is the thing that I will work harder for. I can tap back into that emotion and propel myself 100 miles forward. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way. 
as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So when I am coaching someone, when I'm talking to somebody and they're kind of spiraling out in their fear, I try and bring them back to an emotion that will get them that fired up. So she's an educator. She's a teacher. So I'm like, explain to me why you want to talk to these kids. Like, what is this that you feel like is so important? Why this thing? Why now? And she starts to talk about how much kids are struggling and the rise of anxiety and how smart they are, but they don't know it and they're lacking confidence and just everyone in the room can feel it. I'm getting chills, like remembering this conversation. And I was like, so then what it is that you're wanting to do. She's like, I want the kids to feel these things. I want da-da-da-da. And she has this desire to speak to teenagers, specifically preteen. I want to, I want to speak to these teenagers. I want to tell them these stories. I want to teach them the way I've taught my classroom for all these years. You know, but then I'm going to write and that's going to take a while. And maybe it's two years until I get published. And there she goes again. She starts to list all the things. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Real quick. If you want to write a book, that's amazing. I Nobody's going to understand that more than me. You should totally do it. That's incredible. If you want to write a book, you should do that thing. But if your actual goal is to speak to teenagers, to love on them, to, to tell them these stories, to teach them all the things you just said, all the things we all watched you get so fired up and so passionate about, I was like, open your phone and start a TikTok right now. And she, I mean, she shrunk like the Wicked Witch of the West when the house, I mean, like she was melted. She was so scared. She was like, what? 
Because think about it. She wants to have this dream, which is so powerful, and this dream that there's so much purpose behind. But catch this. She wants to do it in the way that feels safest to her. Writing a book is a solitary thing. Writing a book is you sitting by yourself and stringing words together, and then someday you get to promote it. But with respect, for any of you who are wanting to be able to change the life of a preteen or a teenager, and you think that writing a nonfiction book is the best way to do it, you don't understand teenagers. Now, if you want to write a book for their mama, absolutely. But if you want to be able to speak to teenagers and love on them, I was like, dude, you can literally in the next five minutes accomplish a thing you think is going to take you two years to achieve. Literally. In five minutes. And the reason you're making that face right now, because she was just like petrified. Like the reason that you're making that face right now is because you think I'm too old. I don't know what I'm doing. The TikTok's going to suck. The social content won't be good. Like, what if the kids, this was her thing. She was like, oh my gosh, what if the kids in my class find out I'm doing it? I'm like, the kids in your class will think you're awesome. They will give you advice. They will give you tips. They will show you how to use the TikTok. If anything, you could use this as a beautiful example of you being willing to put yourself out there when you're scared. I said, you want to teach teenagers about having confidence? Don't tell, show. Show them what it looks like to try something new and to be bad at it, but keep showing up again and again and again until you get better and build confidence through experience. You can have the dream in the next five minutes. And what you're going to hear when I play this audio of my conversation with this woman at another tour stop is it was the same thing. She had this whole vision for what it would be like and what she would feel like and how it would look. And I was like, dude, you could do that tomorrow. You think that you need to be a different person to achieve this goal. What that says to me is one, not enough of us are speaking our goals out loud. Because if you were speaking your goals out loud to any trusted source, they're going to tell you the same thing that I told you. And for what it's worth, if you have a goal and you want to talk to someone about it, make sure that the person you're talking to has experience and success in the area you're asking for advice from. So in all of these instances, these women were asking me advice on things that I feel very confident in, business, personal boundaries with family members, financial stuff, body image, body confidence, working in media. Like if someone had asked me for advice about how to go horseback riding and they were like, I think in two years I could be a really good hunter jumper, I'd be like, yeah, uh, cool. Because the person talking to me probably knows more about the equestrian arts than I do. So I can't give them any shortcuts these women were asking me things that I had the cheat codes for. And not only did I have the cheat codes, but because I have done the things they're trying to do, I was like, oh my gosh, you're making this so much harder than it needs to be. Dude, just do this, this, and this. 
that's what I want each and every one of you who are listening to be thinking about. What in your life right now could you shortcut? Could you speed up? Could you allow it to come faster? I saw this plate, like a literally a dinner plate when I was in Spain and I really wanted to buy it, but I was afraid of taking a plate home in my, in my packed luggage. Uh, but it said, everything you're pursuing is pursuing you. And I just thought, oh, that's such a beautiful reminder. The more I read books about the universe and this co-creation that we are doing with God, with energy, with nature, with all of it, every document, every text, every video I watch, everything, it doesn't matter what religion, what side of the world, when it was written, everything comes back to this idea that being inside of this human experience is us in co-creation with the world. I know you guys have heard the concept that you create your own reality. It is absolutely true. And it's not just true in the sense that, you know, if you look at the world and you think everyone's mean and hateful, then that is, of course, what you will find. It's not just true in the sense that if you believe that there's goodness and the universe has your back, that that is what you will find. It's not just true in that sense. It's also true in the sense that if you believe that there's a faster solution, you'll find it. If you believe that it's not about having resources, it's about having resourcefulness, you will find a way. If you believe that there is possibly a solution, you just haven't seen it yet, then you're going to discover it. But then on the flip side, I think of when people like create their own reality in that they prescribe a timeline to something and they say, well, this is how long it will take. The best, worst example I have of this is in Nashville. Now, I love country music. I have since I was a little girl. I will love country music until the end of my days. But I got to spend a summer last year, got to go for the summer, and I got to do some songwriting with country music artists out in Nashville. It was so much fun. Still like one of the coolest things I've been able to do. And if I didn't have four kids and I didn't have a very busy schedule, I would up and move to Nashville and just like try really hard to be a songwriter. I thought it was so fun. But if there is something I heard once, I heard it a hundred times. Every single person I talked to, I went to hear people speak on songwriting. I went to performances about songwriting. I sat in studios with artists. I heard it again and again and again. This is a 10-year town. Everyone in Nashville says, this is a 10-year town. It is common vernacular. It is a belief system woven into the streets that if you want to be an artist or a songwriter in Nashville, you will have to live there for 10 years and try. They're like, they had story after story after story of people who, you know, nine years and eight months or 10 years and two months, like that they would work and work and work and then all of a sudden it would hit. 
And everyone's telling me this story and no one is latching on to the idea that because this is the belief system that all of these people who are trying to make it are just like, I just got to make it to 10 years. I just got to make it to 10 years. And then they get within sight of the 10 year plan. And oh, all of a sudden, magically, they start performing in a certain way or writing songs. They finally hit it big. They finally get one of their songs cut. You think it's magic? Bro, it's that your vibration adjusted because you now believe it's your turn. And everyone who told me this, I was like, I know for a fact that there have to be artists that this is not their story. There have to be people who move to town and magically just, you know, got lucky, divine timing, something happened and six months in, it all worked for them. Now, both sides of that coin can be true. But if you got to believe a story, believe the story that's more abundant. Believe the story that doesn't require a decade of your life. What if you think that the dream will take a really long time and it's like a month away? What if you think that your relationship with your dad cannot be resolved and it's And it would be resolved and be made infinitely better by one single hard 20-minute conversation. You made up a timeline for this thing or worse yet, you've decided that it's going to be way harder than you can even fathom. So it's so hard, I won't even try, right? It's so hard, I won't even give it a shot. But what if it's not? I have told this story so many times, but it's worth repeating that when I started as a speaker, I got to begin to travel and people started to pay me money to come and speak on their stage. And that was a huge professional goal of mine. And I really wanted to grow in that way. And I really wanted to get to a place where I earned a decent amount of money as a speaker. And anytime you're building up to something like that, you start and you'll like, you'll speak anywhere. I spoke for free. I spoke at stuff I had to pay to be a part of the panel. Later on, then it was like, okay, we'll give you a hundred bucks and lunch. Then it was like, we'll give you 200 bucks. And then it was, okay, you're now worth a thousand. You're now worth 5,000. Like it slowly built up as a speaker. And the more I would get booked to speak, the more I would be on the road, the more I would be traveling. And that amount of money was a lot for me. That was like a huge income piece. And I wanted to utilize as much of that money as I possibly could. So I would get booked to speak somewhere. And then your girl was flying all over the country and I was flying on Southwest. Like, thank you, Southwest. Want to get away fair, like doing what I need to do. And not even like Southwest in the A-line, but like Southwest in the, I'm the last one on the plane and I'm going to sit in a center seat. But this is what needed to happen when I was first starting out because I didn't have the money for the travel portion. And if you're getting paid 800 bucks to go speak somewhere, your ticket needs to be as little as possible. You also have a hotel and taxi and like it's, you just want to be smart about it. So I started to daydream about what it would be like to sit in first class. Like, first of all, Southwest doesn't even have a first class. So I'm trying to get to a whole different airline. 
And then on the whole different airline, I'm trying to figure out how do you get to first class? Like, what does that look like? I didn't even fly until I was a teenager. And I didn't grow up with any money. And I didn't know anybody who regularly just as like a normal person, not like their business sent them, but like a normal person just like rolling in first class. I didn't know anybody who did that. And so I forever was just like, how do I do this? And I had a journal at the time. This was long before start today, but I really did have a journal where I would write down all of the goals that I had for my life as if they have already happened. If you have a start today journal or you've listened to episode 72 of this podcast, you know this story that I began to write my goals and I didn't even know the word manifesting at the time, but I just wanted to stay focused. And one of the goals I wrote down every day was I only fly first class. I wrote it down every day. I had like five things I wrote down. And one of them was I only fly first class. And I would write that while sitting in the center seat, getting both my elbows shoved, like super uncomfortable every time. And I was just like, someday, someday I'm going to get to fly in the nice seats. Like someday this is going to be a thing. And I know not everybody cares about this, guys, but I do. And I guarantee you have something in your life that you really care about that someone else, maybe me, I'd hear that you want to splurge on that. And I'd be like, what? We all have our stuff. And this was mine. I was like, I want to be the kind of professional public speaker that has enough money to fly first class. And so for years, I just kept writing it down, writing it down, writing it down. And I would see other goals on that list come true. I would see them come to fruition, but never that one. One day I was sitting at the kitchen table and I was writing it down yet again. And I felt so frustrated because I was like, what, what the heck? Like, I'm nowhere closer to this than I was. And I must have read in a book or gone to a conference or something because I had recently heard this concept of coming at problems from a different angle. Instead of just accepting that this is the problem, ask better questions. So it's like, if you don't have a solution, ask a better question. So in this instance, I was just like, wait, okay, I assume that to be able to fly first class, I'm going to have to have the kind of money that can afford a first class ticket, which like, I don't know, 800 bucks, $1,000, maybe more on a single first class flight. I'm assuming that I got to make, you know, $100,000 more a year or something so that the cost of a first class flight will not make me throw up in my mouth, like that it will be okay. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait, am I coming at this from the wrong angle? Is there another way that I could fly first class without having to make more money? And then the question that followed it up was, is there another way that I could fly first class without ever having to pay for it at all? And in that moment, I got a crazy idea. Only it's not a crazy idea. It's super normal and everybody does it, but I had never tried it. And the next time someone reached out and said, we'd love to book you to speak at our event. What are your fees? I told them my rate and included the line plus first class airfare. And y'all, nobody batted an eyelash. I thought people were going to come for me with pitchforks. I thought people were going to be like this snob, this jerk. They didn't care because unbeknownst to me, Every speaker at my level was asking for that already. And by the way, the person you're dealing with to book you for a speaking event, it's not their money. They don't care. 
They All they're doing is trying to fit inside a budget. They're like, yep, we got that. So I put this into my fee and that's just the rate going forward. And I know it sounds so bougie and ridiculous to tell a story about first class flights, but y'all, that was something that I had tried to find a solution for in the wrong way for years. And it took one session of asking a better question and I got the goal and didn't have to spend any money. So whatever it is in your life, ask better questions. And not only ask better questions, but ask yourself, is there any way that you can have this thing without it taking as long as you think it's going to? Or said a better way, I'll reference my friend Tom Bilyeu because I've given this quote of his so many times. He'll set a goal and then immediately he'll map out, okay, I think this is how long it's going to take. And then just for fun, he makes his team do this exercise. What would need to be true for us to achieve this in half the time? And they brainstorm and they come up with a bunch of ideas and maybe they're too outlandish, but at least you know. Because when you challenge yourself to see if you can get it faster or better yet, ask what would need to be true for me to get this faster, you find solutions you wouldn't have seen otherwise. So I'm going to share this next bit from you, which is a live coaching session from tour. And then meet me here on the backside and we're going to land this plane. I'm curious, I'm curious who here is, is working on something and really feel like they're struggling with this right now. Like anyone, okay. Well, oh yeah, no, that just, it's you. Um, <laughs> she's putting on lip gloss. She said, she was just raising, do you want to talk or? Okay. Uh, look, I got a mic. Great. Uh, hold on. Yep, it's on. It's live. I love you too. Um, the one thing I'm going to say is uh, you're on. Uh, so if you're about to, you know, talk crap about anyone around you, the ride home could be weird later, okay? I took the train. Oh, fabulous. The train is going to be great. Okay, so tell us your name. Jennifer. Jennifer, tell me what's going on in your life. And before you talk, I want you to just get grounded in this moment right now and speak your truth and understand that everyone here in this space is gonna hold space for you. So tell me what you're working on and why you feel like, like what's the struggle right now? Where's the tension? My weight. Yeah. So I'm in my mid forties and I recently had a breakup and a lot of the, and I started dating at 38, so I had never dated before. Yes. I was celibate for like 20 years, so. <laughs> um, and so all the, thoughts of me being a kid uh, came rushing when I ended the relationship of... What kind of thoughts? Um, you know, like, oh, I'm 44, and no man's going to want me, and I'm fat, and I have two cats whom I, I love <laughs> more than life itself. <laughs> um, real quick, before you keep going, was it Jennifer? You yes. Said? Okay, before you keep going, Jennifer, I just want every person in this room who's ever felt like they weighed too much to be the person that they want to be, will you just raise your hand right now so Jennifer can see? Jennifer, look at the room. I literally, almost every woman I know struggles with this, and a lot of men too. 
Um, it's not just you. So that's the first thing that I want you to hear. Unfortunately, it's super normal because of the world that we live inside of. Okay, so that's just the first thing. It's very normal to feel the way you feel. Now, keep going. Um, so when I started dating at 38, I had lost a lot of weight. I had uh, um, bariatric surgery, so I was at my slimmest. And I have gained um, some of the weight back. And my ex never had a problem with it. We were still friends. He's a wonderful person. Um, but I'm now at a, I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going back to what I told myself I would never get, allow myself to get back to. And I'm struggling with, I was talking to my neighbor here about how I don't want to enter my 40s hating my body, mm, hating yeah. myself. Yeah. Can I just say this, too? Um, for the girls, we talked about um, earlier, the girls who are in their 20s, um, you know, people like to say to people who are younger, or even we do this a lot to young moms, we're like, you're going to miss this. You are going to miss this. I don't miss it. I don't. And women don't say that enough. They don't say, no, it's like way more awesome when they can wipe their own butt. Um, but for the girls in their 20s, I don't want you to fall for the myth that most of us fell for. Because I don't know that you'll necessarily miss this time. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But what you will miss is the life that you can live from a place of love. What you will miss is all of the time that you thought you were so gross or you had a fupa or you were this or you were that. And then you'll look back later and be like, oh, my God, I was gorgeous. And this doesn't just happen when you're 44. I've been, doing, I've been speaking to women for years, this, women in their 50s, 60s, 70s, who are still like, I got to get a hold of this thing. This is probably the biggest thing affecting women. And it is not just one size person. It's not just one age. It is every woman that I stand on stage and speak to, they will stand up and be like, I, I hate the way I look. So what does it look like? for you to make change. Not meaning, what are you gonna do? What I want you to imagine, Jennifer, you said you're 44? I want you to imagine, when's your 45th birthday? In October. Okay, in October, so what are we in? July, August, September, October. I don't like that for you. We're gonna go 44, <laughs> 45 and a half, okay? <laughs> 45 and a half, I want a little bit more time, okay? Screw it, one year from today. July 7th, 2024, if you were living your best life, you get up every freaking morning proud of yourself, in love with yourself. You do things that light your heart on fire. You do things that add joy. You eat food that blesses your body. You don't give a fuck about a diet or calories or whatever. You just take care of your body. You move every day because that's so important. You get up every day filled with purpose, filled with life for a whole year. 365 days. If this Jennifer lived that way for the next 365 days, what would she look like on July 7th, 2024? Just describe her to me. Can I tell what she would be wearing? Hell yes. You can tell me what food she eats, what car she drives, the purse she carries. Tell me what she's wearing. She would be wearing shorts. She would be wearing shorts. <laughs> I don't want to ruin my makeup. Um, it's dark. No one can see. Okay. Yeah, she would be wearing 
shorts, twerking on a fence. <laughs> I love it. I always have, my audience is always a lady in the streets, but a freak in the sheets. Okay, so you went directly to twerking on a fence. I like that life goal for you. Um, I, I make jokes out of uh, comfortability Yes, of too. course, of course. Deflect from vulnerability. Yeah, yeah so. I bet nobody in this room does that. Uses humor as a coping mechanism. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I would be wearing shorts and I would be at Revere Beach having an ice cream. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, tell me real quick, what happens if Jennifer today goes to Revere Beach tomorrow because it's a weekend, puts on a pair of shorts, and has an ice cream? <laughs> what would happen? Like, tell me what the voice in your head tells you would happen if you did that. I'd probably be too paralyzed to leave my house thinking about my legs. You, you legit, like, you would struggle to leave the house because you think other people are going to look at your legs? Yes. Here is the God's honest truth that I say to my kids and is true for every single person in this room. Nobody is thinking about you. Every single person is worried about themselves. That is the freaking truth. No, but are you, in fact, the only people that really are thinking about other women and judging their bodies are the most insecure women. Years ago, I was uh, dropping my mom off at the airport. I can tell you this story. Nobody in here knows my mom, right? Okay, great. I was dropping my mom off at the airport, and my mom has always really struggled with her health my entire life. And uh, I, was, uh, I don't have the greatest relationship with her, but like we were, we were, I was trying, you know, we try with our parents. We're like, well, let's have a visit. Uh, so I was taking her to the airport, and there was a younger girl um, who had a voluptuous body, who was wearing, like, what I would have grown up and been like, this girl's a hoochie, right? She's like, boobies are here. That's what we say. I don't know what you, on the West Coast, we're like, hood rat, hood rat, hoochie mama, right? No? Um, that's what, okay, so she was just like, uh, uh, right? Booty shorts, cellulites popping, she's wearing, but you can tell makeup, hair, she's feeling herself. She feels like she looks good. Her confidence is through the roof. And I'm looking at this girl going, damn, like I freaking wish I had this chick's confidence. It's amazing. And as I'm having that thought, my mom's like, oh my God, that is so embarrassing. That is so embarrassing. Who would ever wear that? And by the way, my mom has a very similar body. She's like, who would ever wear that? Just a side note, whatever you are judging people for is the thing that you are missing in your life. So my mom's looking at this girl and she's like, who would ever wear that with her body? I can't believe it. And she's going off and I'm like getting so grossed out because I'm like, this is my mom and I can't believe she's saying it. And I said, oh, um, well that girl has something you'll never have. And my mom was like, what? And I said, freedom. The only people that are going to judge you are assholes. And I would bet, I would bet all the money that I have that you're going to go to the beach and you're going to wear some shorts and you're going to enjoy yourself and people are going to be like, look at that chick having a great time.
I know for a fact, I can feel it in my heart, but I know for a fact because I've worked with women for so long that you have played this story out, this fear of yours, that someone's going to see your body, that someone's going to see if I wear a tank top, if I wear shorts, if I do this thing, that they're going to think other things about you. So we have two choices. And there's like, if you go see, or go see a therapist, they're going to walk you through it. There's a lot of people who can like do all the things, but you didn't come to a therapist show, you came to mine. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Do some shit that surprises you. Go put on a pair of shorts. Go put on a pair of short shorts. No, do it. Do it. And just see that you live. Maybe it's not even going to feel good the first time. Maybe the first time you're like, I'm about to diarrhea everywhere. But you do it and force yourself. Be like, I'm, I don't know anything about this beach, but like, I'm going to go to this beach and I'm going to walk from here to here in these shorts while eating an ice cream. Your vision is so clear right? I'm going to walk from here to here eating an ice cream in shorts. And then all, that's all I got to do. And then I can get in the car and I can feel whatever emotion comes up. I can laugh. I can cry. I can discover that it wasn't that bad. And I'm going to keep walking. I can go find a fence to twerk on. <laughs> but we have two choices. We can keep listening to the voice in the back of our mind that's spreading BS or we can take control of our mindset and our narrative and say, no, that's not who I am anymore. The Jennifer that I am does shit even if it scares her. The woman that I am shows up even if it's hard. She does things that push her outside her comfort zone, not for other people, but to remind her who she is. Because what I know for a fact is not, not one of you came into this world hating yourself. That is learned behavior. The world taught you that you were wrong and they said it to you over and over so long that you listened. So the way that you take back your power is not through simple little moves. It's by jumping into the freaking deep end. We, we collectively, I ask you to imagine what a different version of you will look like one year from today. And you gave us a vision that you could accomplish tomorrow. You could accomplish that tomorrow, which means that through one bold move, Jennifer, you could be a year ahead by this time tomorrow night. That's what it means. And every single person in this room has their version of that. We're like, okay, it would take me 12 months to do this thing. How do you do it in half the time? How do you do it in one month? How do you do it tonight? Go put on a pair of shorts tonight. Take off your pants on the train. I don't know. <laughs> Let it breathe. <laughs> You're telling yourself over and over that the world has certain expectations of you. But the reason that you're stuck is because of the expectations you have of yourself. You get to decide who you are. You get to decide. You are the only one who can change this narrative. And it's not going to happen by slow degrees because if it would have, you wouldn't have talked about this tonight. You'd be like, Rachel, I built a billion dollar company. I don't know how to spend all this money. It's my biggest problem. <laughs> right? You are going to have to take control. And I am challenging you to go put on some freaking shorts and go to the beach and eat an ice cream.
I'm going to show you one trick, and then I'm going to stop harassing you about this. Real quick, I'm going to show this to everyone in the room. Have you ever heard the study about the Wonder Woman pose? It's a great TED Talk. You can Google it later. But there is science behind the physiology of how you hold your body, right? So when we're scared, when we're unsure, uh, when we're feeling grief, when we're feeling, show me what happens to your body when you're feeling really insecure. Can you make your body go into that mode? Everyone go into that mode with your body. Come on, Paul, you too. When you're feeling insecure and uncertain of yourself, do you get bigger or smaller? Uh, does your head go down or up? Uh, do your boobies go out or they pop out like you're proud? Do your shoulders go back or down? No, back. Boobies out. Boobies out. Shoulders back. You carry yourself in a certain way when you're feeling confident. That chick that my mama saw was like, what? Move, bitch. Get out the way. Get out. Come on. Come on, Luda, no? Not in Boston? Okay, so if you wanna fake it, if you're in your car and you're like, I can't believe, F Rachel, I cannot believe that I am in these shorts, I hate this, I'm going home, I don't want any part of it, like all those things, literally change your physiology. The science shows that if you just hold that pose for a minute, for 60 seconds, right? Boobies go out, shoulders back, head held high, you just hold it, you will feel more confident than you did a minute before, yeah? And then don't think about it. What's your, what's your song? What's your like freak, um, if we're twerking against the fence, what's your song? Anything by Megan Thee Stallion. Of course it is, <laughs> of course it is. You get a bucket and a mop, okay? I want you to put in headphones, I want you to put on the dirtiest, yeah, it's WAP. I mean, obviously. Oh, you know it? What is it? Alien Renaissance. Uh, Alien Renaissance? By Beyonce. Oh, oh, obviously. Guess where I'm going tomorrow Alien night, Jennifer. Alien Superstar, sorry. Where am I going tomorrow night, Jennifer? To see Beyonce? I am. Um, sorry. She's having me open. No, she's not. She's, <laughs> I'm just about to resell ticket on Ticketmaster like everybody else. Um, sorry, not the point. I want you to put in those headphones. If you need to, put sunglasses on. Give yourself some cutting, give yourself a shield. This is not for them, this is for you. You're gonna put it on. My, my favorite Beyonce song is Freedom, right? Um, cause I'm gonna keep running cause a winner don't quit on themselves, right? I'm gonna put the glasses on, I'm gonna put the headphones in. I got my short shorts on, I got my ice cream cone. Uh, uh, let's go. <laughs> the beach, I gotta get from here to there. That's all I gotta do. Dun, there's a whole, I went a different Beyonce. Now I'm going crazy in love. Just stick with me, Jerry. I can't, the pants are too tight, right? There's a fence, right? Whatever you got to do to get from one end of the beach to the other, will you do it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll put it on Instagram Tell, and I'll tag yes, you. Yes, please. That's amazing. <laughs> guys, give it here. I'll take that back. Give it up for Jennifer, guys. All right, guys. I hope that that conversation was as inspiring to you as it was to me. I talked about that moment for days. I was so emotional about her journey with her body image. And to be totally honest, if you were standing in this room looking at this woman, you would never believe that she would be too afraid to wear shorts. Her body was beautiful. 
like boobies for days, booty for days. She looked fantastic. But me and every other person in that room believing that she looked fantastic isn't going to do anything to augment her mindset about how she feels. And truth be told, there's a lot of work and unpacking. There's a lot of practice involved in learning to love our bodies. But I do know that the most lasting change in my life has always come on the other side of doing something that surprises me. Like when I do something that I can't believe I've done, when I went skydiving, when I swam with sharks, when I ran a marathon, like when I did things that altered the belief system I had about who I was, will you never go back? You know, like you set the thermostat and then you broke the handle off. Like this is who you are now. So it might feel extreme, this idea of like, just go put on the shorts and walk down the beach tomorrow. But if you could get yourself to do the thing that seems so scary and you live, that's huge. Most people will just keep swirling in this anxiety soup of what would happen, what would happen, what would happen. Just have the courage to freaking do it. I am convinced that we become the next level of ourselves when we live through something where we are like, I cannot believe that that happened, that I am still kicking, that I am still here, and I handled that to the best of my freaking ability, and I'll never go back to the person that I was. I hope that this conversation today made you think of things in a little bit of a different way. And if you found a nugget in it, Will you share it with someone? Will you put it on your social media? Will you send it to a friend? Will you share it with someone who needs this conversation today? This podcast will always be free to you guys. The only thing that I ask is that you help grow the community if you feel like that's the right thing to do. And I will be back soon with more conversation. Until then, as always, I want you to remember that I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.